0: All right. Welcome to the apex vaulting podcast. Uh, we have a great episode for you, um, today. Um, as always, if you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe. If you could leave a comment or a review, that would be awesome. That helps us a lot. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram at the Real Apex Vaulting, and we're Apex Vaulting on Facebook, Snapchat, and Twitter. And I just started the TikTok. Uh, um, it's okay. like at Apex Vault. I think they like cut out a couple letters, but TikTok is kids pretty. Yeah, it's pretty hysterical. It's <laughs> yeah. it it, it kind of you fall into that trap. Uh, they are like ten to fifteen second videos, and they're so funny. So you're like, oh, I'll watch another one. It's just another fifteen <laughs> seconds. And like, like an
1: hour later, yeah, like, oh. yeah,
0: yeah. Kids are like, Why are we not warming up yet? So. <laughs> Um, So definitely check that out. And if you have any comments or questions, just shoot us an email at apexvaulting at gmail.com. And without further ado, I want to introduce Doug Hauser, uh, coach at Vertical Assault out in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. And um, he's been on the podcast before. Doug, thanks for doing this again. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, So I guess guess we'll start. I posted the other day, I had a post where I was like, uh, technique does not guarantee safety or results like technique alone does not guarantee safety mm-hmm. or results and you kind of hit me up after that you're like hey we should we should do another oh podcast yeah episode. yeah that
1: that one immediately said you know got things rolling in my mind thinking oh yeah that's something we can talk about yeah so, so what what
0: kind of what, what kind of struck you when you read that post
1: well, just knowing that technique alone is not the thing, and we were even talking about it a little bit, that technique alone is not the thing that's going to keep you safe. And I commented on the post and said, right. you know, the main things we're looking for is pole speed. Yeah. Um you know, we got to make sure the athletes going generally down the middle, you don't want them heading towards the standards or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, obviously those are the, the key things you initially think about when you think safety. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, the post immediately in my brain said, Oh yeah, that's, that's a good topic. So.
0: Yeah. Cause I, when I made the posts, like, I feel like sometimes, and I just did a podcast with Sean Francis and I touched upon some of these ideas, but like I feel like people become too much like technique snobs. They just want to talk technique yeah. over and over. And it's like, it's almost like talking like politics or religion. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> like, well, if you don't follow this technical model, first of all, you can be safe no matter what technical model you coach. You can get results no matter what technical model uh, you coach. Oh yeah, there's so, a lot of technical yeah, models and out there's, there. So. There's more that goes into it. Like, I almost like, let's stop talking so much about technical model. Let's start talking more about process. Let's start talking about drill. Let's start talking about culture. Those are things that start to become huge, huge important things. Like, even if we talk about safety, I mean, maybe some of you are sitting out there and like, Bronco, why'd you just talk about culture? How's culture gonna help safety? Well, here's the thing. If you develop a culture, I think, at your club or your program where it's like, hey, we're gonna be safe first. Yeah. That's gonna keep you and athletes from going, hey, you know what? I'm just gonna try this grip. It's like, no, you didn't land deep enough in the yeah. pit. We're not just going to grip up for gripping up's sake. We're going to make sure you're safe. When you need the grip, we'll give it to you. Uh-huh. But like, I think culture could be something that can really help push results and, and keep people safe oh, if you have the right culture and mental attitude at your, your program or club.
1: Oh, I, I agree. I mean, and we're lucky enough, and we've hit on it before about you know, how many vultures we get to see, right. you know, on a yearly basis and over a 10 year period, you know, we get to see a lot of vultures, So we see all of this more. Um, but, you know, well, I mean, as you know, the initial kind of slogan at Vertical Assault is higher, faster, safer. Right. So, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's not you know, the, get after it and be dangerous. Right, <laughs> you know? get after it and be dangerous. <laughs> like you, couldn't, you couldn't do that. Where's I mean...
0: that club? I want to try. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, just <laughs> do whatever it takes. Run as fast as you can and, you know. Uh... Well, well, and and it's funny. I mean, we're joking about it, but it's like, I get it. There's a little bit of that in every pole vaulter, right? You're like, I just want to get oh, after yeah. it. Like, You've got to go. be aggressive, Absolutely. But- but it's like I, you know, I'm not a scientist, but I've found that if you break your leg, it really slows yeah, progress. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it's like that six that, months that you can't jump. You know? Yeah. So it's like that's that's the thing that people have to keep in mind. And I think like like you mentioned, like coaching the amount of athletes that we coach, right? It's like we're probably both seeing somewhere around 100 plus athletes a year. You know, mm-hmm. every year. And what you you come to realize is like okay, like. If you keep taking chances, kids are more likely to land shallow. Athletes are more likely to hit the standards. Athletes oh, yeah. are more likely to get rejected. And all those things have a high rate of injury, right? So it's like if I'm hitting a standard, landing in the box, or landing in the runway, I'm more likely to sprain an ankle, break an ankle, break a leg. Yeah. I've, um, or worse. And I'm, yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately yeah, yep. I, I've been at a division three national meet where I saw someone land in the box and break their hip. I mean, that, yeah. that completely derailed that athlete's career. And so it's like, when you have that idea of like, no, you have to earn grip, you have to earn the next mm-hmm. pull, and you create that culture of like, you as the athlete has, have to do X, Y, and Z in order to earn the right, whether that's something technical, whether that's something in a drill, whether that's something physical, like, Hey, once you could do squats or deadlifts oh, like this, yeah. or once you hit this time on a sprint you know now it's like okay yeah now you're moving the pole Mm -hmm. now we can grip up like that's important that's what's going to keep athletes safe i think long term too oh because then you're not going to have kids like when athletes go on to college my my always my first concern because you know a lot of colleges don't have a pole vault coach it's just the unfortunate thing about our sport there's not enough coaches out there right now. there's a
1: jumps coach they they're covering multiple events they see the pole
0: vaulters Here and there, you know. Yeah, so it's, like, teaching that mentality of, like, okay, you have to earn grip. You have to earn, you know, going up a pole. Absolutely. It will keep your athletes safe when they're even jumping on their own or in different programs so they know. It's, like, no, like, I'm not ready. For the next poll yet. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think that that's really, really important because long term, if you could avoid getting rejected, if you could avoid landing in the box, you're going to be healthy and in a long term, uh, a scale, it's like you can really improve performance.
1: Well, one of the things we make the athletes aware of, even when they first start vaulting, is you know the outline square on the mat, right? The, the, you co- know, the, the coach's, coach's box. box, yeah. So you know, and I'll even I'll even reference it. And I'll go, well, where did you land? You know, and they might be, at, and the closest I want any kid to land is like the front line of that coach's right, right, box. Right. And I'll say, well, where did you land? You know, in relation to the coach's box, so they become aware. Of, you know, where am I? Am I towards the outer edge on the the right or the left of the coach's box? Am I landing short? And it's good for them to be able to process, you know, all of that, you know, uh, well, why didn't I move the pole enough? Why am I landing short? Um, what technical piece do I need to, you know, think yeah. about? What technical piece do I need to work on? What drills do I need to do? And actually, this, this ties into a message I just got yesterday. And I, I saw your post. I, I was saying, post. I posted on Instagram. So, and again, the athlete that, that I was speaking with, um, I messaged them. They're in college now. I just want to see how they were doing. Yeah. I like to check in because they're far enough away that, you know, I'm not seeing them anymore. Um, but, um, uh, they immediately commented that it was going well and again this athlete actually had a pretty good um attitude about working out in high school that you know yeah, they did yeah. workouts you know as they could but they immediately said oh you know, I'm able to run from further away. I'm able to hold higher. Yeah. And, and and do the it safely. The person
0: commented that the strength and conditioning yeah. program at the college was yeah, really yeah. helping they got, out. Yeah, they
1: got faster and stronger, so they were able to do more. So, right. And, you know, in the same regard, since we're talking about safety, like, you know, hey, if you're able to safely move that extra grip, safely get on a longer run, hey,
0: you're going to jump better. Right. You're going to be safe in the well, long run. You're not going to get hurt. Well, and, and also, it's like if you feel safe, right – I think that also helps results because if you feel safe in your jump and you're not worried about making the pit, you can be more active on the pole. You can move through the jump better. You know, I, I think th- these are all like really, really uh Im- important, you know, aspects. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I, I feel like people forget. It's like yeah, I like gung ho. I like to be brave and blah, blah, blah. Sure, But it's like, you've got to be aggressive. You You have got to teach the kids what is safety and teach them awareness. Like what your whole explanation, what you're kind of preaching there is like, okay, be aware. Where are you landing on the pit? Mm. Be aware. Do you feel the pole speed? Do you feel the pole moving? Do you feel your swing? Because I mean, unfortunately I I've seen athletes at meets where it's like, you see at takeoff, you're like, that kid should not swing on the pole. And they yeah. they go for it anyway, mm-hmm. and they have a dangerous jump. And the thing they're is, as, as coaches, I think it's very important to teach awareness. Like if you're not aware of your pole speed, if you're not aware of your swing speed, if you're not aware of where you might land, that's not good because you have a kid that's going to just chuck it and go for yeah. it all the time. <laughs> and they're going to put themselves at, at yeah. risk. What, what do you do or how do you think uh, is the best way to kind of teach that awareness?
1: Well, uh, honestly, it's really just, it's kind of a quick thing, personally, for me. It's when you land, kind of, kind of look where you're at. I mean, that's, I mean, that's obviously, you can see it. You can be aware of that because you can see it. The other things, it's, it's a little bit different. It's, you know, more tangible is like feeling the pole move. Yeah. Um, you know, should I swing? Should I not
0: swing? I, Um, I think feedback is critical for that. Yeah. I think it's like that, like as a coach, you have to have a good eye and watch. And when you see better pole speed, you have to bring that up to the athlete. You mm-hmm. know, yes. it's like, Hey, did you feel it move? Yep. I, I feel like sometimes Absolutely. people are unaware, you know, there's like the four stages of like uh, learning a skill. It's like one of them, it's like the athlete needs feedback yeah. from an outside source, like a coach, cause they don't feel anything. Mm-hmm. Then eventually they get to the point where after the fact they're like, Oh my God, I did feel that. The third level is like, they can feel it while it's happening and make adjustments. Like imagine it's like, if you're an athlete running down the runway, you feel, oh my God, my plant is late. I have to make an adjustment to make this work. And then the fourth level they say is like, you know what you might make a mistake on and you make sure it doesn't happen. But it's like, we want to try to at least get athletes at level three where they can make adjustments and be like, you know what? The pole's not moving. And that's that's another thing with like
1: early on training, you've got to make sure that um, they're doing things where they can move the pole fast, where they can land deep and right. they can initially feel that because I know sometimes even in, you know, I'll get some kids that'll start in the club and they'll say that all they did at their high school or whatever, you know, some of them don't have coaches and they're just yeah. kind of left to go, you know, maybe they're learning from somebody else on the team. Right. And you know, they're, they, you, you, shouldn't rely. And I, I get a lot of this too. You shouldn't necessarily rely on the other athletes to coach you. Right. You know, um, they might be knowledgeable and that's good. They can certainly help and that's helpful, but you know, you got to make sure it's safe. Like we're talking right, about. Yeah, yeah. So, but maybe they learned, Hey, hold the top of this pole, run from here and just go. So they never even learned to feel right. Pole speed. They never learned to feel the different pieces of the jump.
0: So and they, they don't learn what moves the pole. Instead, yeah. it's like you're running down, gripping the top and just trying to bend the crap out of yeah, the pole. Yeah. And it's like, Uh, yeah, like that might work or it might not. Yeah. You know, it's like, look, and I want to get your opinion on this, but it's like when people say the following, you know, Oh, if you grip up, it makes the pole softer. What's your, what's your opinion on that? If you grip up, you add
1: resistance. What do you mean? Well, you're holding higher. You're going to be taking off from further away. You know, I know, I know most people think of resistance as just pole weight.
0: Right. But Obviously, holding higher is more resistance. Yeah, and, you know. and listen, I don't know what other people think, but to me, I, I always tell people, you could probably squeeze out another five pounds sometimes of pole resistance, sure. like going up five pounds of pole. But grip is so much more because it, it's heavily dependent yeah. on your runway speed and your jumping ability. Yeah. So it's like if you didn't improve those two physical (laughs) parameters, you can't just grip up. And if you're gripping up and you're over gripped on a soft pole, I always tell people it's a bad sign. If you see a pole sinking, you're more likely to one break the pole. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're more likely to break the pole. But I said this to someone the other day. So fine. If you're over gripping, now the pole's softer and now it's bending down. Let's say you do get into the pit. When is that pole going to unbend at vertical or past vertical? I'll be past vertical. So it's not going to end up giving you yeah. more height. Yeah. So you might be height. gripping higher, but you're not going to jump any higher. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you know, that's the thing. It's like even sayings like that. Oh, if you grip up, it makes the pole softer. Maybe, but are you creating more pull speed? Do you feel the pull speed? Do you uh-huh. feel the swing speed? And I think the awareness thing is huge because if you're not aware of this stuff and if you're aware of the wrong things, like I, I'd love to know your opinion on this, mm-hmm. but I feel like at my club, I don't, like, obviously kids bend the pole, <laughs> yeah. but we don't really talk about that a lot. Like, it's just a byproduct of the runway speed and the vaulter's mass. Mm-hmm. It's like they're more aware of pole speed than they are of, like, how much the pole bends. Unless it's, like, the first time a kid bends the pole. Then yeah, they're then like, they go, oh, my God. Yeah, what, what was that? <laughs> I just bend the pole, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: No, that's always interesting when they first feel that pole bend because, you know, I know, I know you're not like this. We're not like this. We're not down here going, you gotta bend the pole. Right. You know, you gotta push on the pole and you gotta get that thing to bend. Um, you know, and our, our philosophy, our mentality on it at vertical assault is, you know, you bend the pole more with the swing. Right. You know, um, and, you know, I, I've, I've read that in places and Mike always talked about that. Mike Lorak, the owner of the club. Um, but, you know, yeah, you, at takeoff we want to be firm you don't want to collapse you don't want your hips getting pulled underneath but you want to jump up like you said you want to get you want to be sure your hands are in the right position and well okay what why are we doing that well you want to take your runway speed what you've created and you want to put that energy into the pole and create pole speed right okay so you know and as we're talking about safety and technique and, and all those kinds of things like yeah that's what it comes down to and Right. It, the bending of the pole will be a, pro- a byproduct of doing those technical pieces right and right. runway and speed. And being on their appropriate off. pole. Well, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, You can't just,
0: like you said, we can't just take wait, grip. Wait, you mean like if you, you have perfect technique, you can't just go on a 17-220 and it'll bend no matter what? No, no, no. No. Okay, so for those of you that haven't seen the post, I'm sorry, I have to explain this. So I, 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 you know, I made a a post and I I talk about how technique is not the only thing that guarantees safety and results. And, and someone had tried to comment that if you have good technique, you could always grip up. And I go, even up to 17? And they say yes. I'm like, anybody? And they're like, yes. I'm like, even someone who's 5'2", 125. Guys. This is an idea, and I mentioned on the Sean Francis uh, podcast, I'm, I'm going to make a post about it, but it's like anyone can jump higher. Anyone can jump higher. Yes. I don't care if your PR is 9, if your PR is 20. Everybody can jump a little higher. Yep. But I don't know if everyone can jump high. high. And I and I would put Air high quotes, quotation yes. marks, right? Because it's like... You know, and and high is a relative term. For some of us, high is winning a county title. Sure. For another person, high ten feet. Right. But another person maybe high is the world record, and there's the whole spectrum in between. But it's like, look, like I don't know. Not everyone can qualify for the Olympics. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, really? We can't all. um, Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it requires some athletic ability. Now, the thing is, it's tough to say, especially in the pole vault. I think a lot of times we get a, a lot of athletes at a very young age. Mm-hmm. Um, especially on the male side, it's like, you're getting guys at freshman year, they can probably barely jump nine. And by senior year, they all of a sudden jump 15, Yeah, you know, so that it takes they, time to develop. Yeah. They go through puberty yep. and they learn the technique and everything. So it's like, you never know where someone will go. I would never want to like shortchange a person and be like, no, you can't jump 15. Well, I mean, you know? yeah,
1: that's, I mean, that's a quick point I want to make is yeah. like, you know, we've talked about it before. I don't know if we mentioned it in our last podcast, but getting good at a sport like pole vaulting, takes time. Yeah. You know, it's not an overnight thing. Um, you know, and for those athletes, this goes out to those athletes who are just getting involved in pole vault. It takes time. You've, you've got to learn it. Um, and if you keep, you know, doing the right things, you keep weight training, you keep trying to get stronger and faster and follow a good technical model. You're going to get better. Right. It just like, like you said, everybody can jump higher, but
0: it takes a little bit of time. You got to work on it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so it's like, that's, and it's funny when I talk about track and field, you know, and I think some of the issues that, that come up in track and field, I, I feel like the, the issues that people have is like the honesty part. You know what I mean? It's like, we're not really always an honest sport. And, you know, I, I think the thing is we try to, Look, there are the coaches out there that try to sell everyone on the fact that, yes, you can go to the Olympics. Yes, you can get a scholarship. (laughs) And it's like, no, first you need to love this. Absolutely. Even if someone has Olympic potential or has the potential to jump, let's say, at a big D1 and get a scholarship, it's like you've got to love this because no matter how talented you are, there are going to be tough days. There are going to be hard days. And if you don't love pole vaulting, you're going to be like, screw this. Yeah. On to the next. I'm done. Yeah. Because, I mean, we were talking before the podcast, like – how much? Like, first of all, I didn't even realize. Oh my God! Like, it's you've been at vertical for so long now. Yeah, I'm like, on seven I still, years. I still feel like it's like yesterday you, you just started <laughs> coaching at vertical. But you know, so it's like it's been a long time. But it's like we're both having a blast. We love this, yeah. And that's why we could make it through the hard days because there are hard yeah. days. I oh, mean, absolutely. You know, it's like I almost, I almost compare like meat season. There are certain days where we end up doing that like double that that car NASCAR double yeah. where it's like they do the Indy 500 <laughs> and the Coca-Cola 600 on the same day. Yeah. Because Cause you'll go to one meet in the morning and drive to another, another meet, meet or to you, practice yeah, or and whatever. Then you, and then you barely get any sleep And Sunday. You have Sunday <laughs> sessions, which are hours long, you know? So, you know, it's like, there are tough days, but what gets you through it is when you love it. And so even if you're that athlete that has Olympic potential that has, you know, D one potential, you have to love this because there are going to be hard days. You got to work through that. Yeah. And going back to culture, I was, I was messaging, messaging with a coach the other day, you know, I. I feel very strongly about the following. I do not want to spoil any athletes. And if you're looking for attention at my club, the kids who get attention or the athletes that get, get attention are the ones that bust their ass. I was just going to say, you try work hard. hardest. The ones yeah. who try hardest... Get your attention. The ones who ask questions and want feedback get your attention. Yeah, because that that breeds a healthy culture. What I think that sometimes unfortunately happens, and this happens in every sport, this happens in every everywhere in life. But it's unfortunate because you you create a, a poor culture. Is that what you do? Is you reward the people that are high achievers, right? Mm-hmm. Who jump high, who maybe don't necessarily work hard, or you know maybe aren't nice people, and then it's like the kid online that's like really busting their ass and working hard and they're like, what the hell? I'm not getting any love from coach and I'm working hard. And that kid who jumps like, okay, like, look, my best ever is 14 feet. So imagine I'm the athlete at practice. Uh-huh. So I'm a 14 footer. I'm busting my ass, but you, Doug, you're coaching someone else at practice who jumps 17 feet. And you only care about that kid, no matter how hard I work. <laughs> I know at the end of the day, it's like, all right, I'm not going to beat that guy. Who's like 64 Yeah. 180. You know what I mean? Like that guy's always going to jump higher than me for the most part. It's like, I'm never going to get attention from you. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's disheartening. One, oh I, my God, I'm probably yeah. more likely to quit the sport. Sure. Oh, yeah. You know? Absolutely. That's and, and, bad culture. And <laughs> that's going to stunt my progress because eventually I'm going to be like, well, that guy jumps high and he doesn't work hard. So, yeah. I'm maybe if I hard. just
1: stop working hard, it'll just happen. Yeah. No. I, I, and that's how I am, honestly, at the club. I, I, it actually bothers me when I miss a jump. Right. Like, I want to see every jump. I want to give feedback on every jump. Right. And sometimes, yeah, I'm explaining something to another athlete, or maybe I'm turning the other way. Somebody comes down the runway, takes a jump. Um, again, I'm not concerned because we, we do breed safety, you know, uh, in the club. So if somebody takes a jump and I don't catch the whole thing, I know they're still going to be okay. But, you know, I like to see every jump. I like to give feedback on every jump. And again, it doesn't matter to me if it's a, A brand new girl who's jumped six feet in one meet... Or, or like a national state qualifier. champion, like yeah. yeah. I mean, I I want to give you feedback because I want to help everybody the same.
0: Yeah, I, you know? I even it's funny. <laughs> so same thing, like someone someone new. Usually, it's like I'll be talking to someone and they'll go without me watching. Yeah. like, Hey, like I want to make sure I catch it. Like if I'm talking, just wait yeah, a second. You know? Yeah. And so it's like you know, athletes learn quickly. Like, oh, okay. Like yeah, I got I got to wait. <laughs> you know, because it's like I tell people all the time. I'm like I know you think I have eyes on the back of my head, <laughs> but I don't. Like I'm some gonna of the miss kids. Will, some of the kids, though, honestly. <laughs> Will say that about me. Like, yeah. I'll,
1: I'll talk to somebody, and the kid will come down and I'll catch it in my peripheral, right. but I'll still catch, like, a number that they hit or right. their position yeah. at takeoff. And then I'll say something about the jump, and they'll be like, Well, wait a second, you weren't like. Facing the runway a hundred percent,
0: and the other kids would be like, "Oh, Doug sees everything." <laughs> like, well, no, yeah, and I it, try to. And, you then, know, and then it's funny. I always, you know, you brought up Mike Lorick. I always say about Mike, Mike could be facing the other way, be at the other end of <laughs> and the building, but yeah, just hear the noises, <laughs> like the foot, the foot strike, the way the pole hits uh-huh. the box. So, hey, I was a little under, and you didn't jump up. Uh-huh. It's like whatever, <laughs> like. Just, you know, he can hear it. And I guess, I guess again, that's the benefit of seeing so many, yeah. Yeah. You're just seeing so many vaults that it's like, all right, well, yeah, you can catch it at almost every angle. I mean, even, you know, and again, being a club coach, so funny. I remember one meet where it was like, I couldn't be on the infield, right? Which is fine. Yeah. But the way the pole vault was set up, the only way for me to watch the vault was watching the athletes head on, like running oh. towards the pit. So it's like no way for me to catch no mids numbers. Or whatever. No. But it's like I'm using depth perception. You know what I uh-huh. mean? I'm like I'm still making good calls watching and stuff like that. Watching the frame of the jump. Yeah, sure. yeah, And it's like so it's like I, I still did the best that I could with <laughs> the angle that I had. Like sometimes you're forced to watch oh, from a bad. That's angle. That's
1: unfortunate. I mean, yeah. uh, Honestly, going going on that point real quick, and and maybe some will hear this and it'll make a difference but they recently did a well in a in a rule did away with coaches on the infield for Mm -hmm. all championship meets oh wow in pennsylvania oh wow yeah so this this was a memo that was sent out no, no pole vault coaches on the inf- no coaches on the infield for championship meets. And uh, initially, we all started freaking out. Right. We're like, oh my god, we've we've always been on the infield for right, right, right. for our kids, and you know yeah, they're yeah. able to be focused more and get immediate yeah, feedback yeah. from us. And, and and I was too. And um, I was bothered by it, but then I, I saw one coach at like a district beat, and they had a coach's box, and you hmm. know this and that. So it was kind of interesting because apparently. As each league or district, and those those are Pennsylvania terms, but mm-hmm. um, they can apparently decide whether coaches are are inside or not. Okay. So, I mean, does that does that give the, those athletes an advantage? I mean, are they going to be able to jump higher because their coaches their coaches in there? And then maybe I'm in another meet and they don't qualify for the same meet. So you know what I'm getting at? It's, yeah. It's just it's very convoluted. Um, yeah. And. You know, consistency would be good, but it, yeah, it is. I mean, what I was going to get at is going off of your comment. Luckily at these two meets, I was side, I was side on right. and it wasn't far away. It was the right. lanes of the track and then pole vault right, was like right, right, right there. Yeah. And honestly, I know that the meet that it's coming up districts this year, because mm-hmm. a lot of our athletes come from one specific district in Pennsylvania. It's the pole vault. Then there's the shot put area on the infield, which is, like, wow, weird. Yeah, yeah. You don't see that much. The lanes of the track and then the side. Okay. So, again, I'm already thinking, where am I going to watch this from? Like, right, can I right. see that far? Am I going to catch everything right? Am I going to be more head on? Yeah. So, like, you know, yeah. it's well, it's an interesting, you I, know,
0: I think, dynamic. I think as a club coach, a lot of times in those scenarios, it's like, one – you just have to make sure your, your athletes are prepared to deal with that and know what the situation yes. is going to yeah. be. Um, the other thing that I feel, and again, I think the pole vault is just – look, I get it. Most High school or college, most track programs never have more than three coaches on staff. Yeah. And typically, we see that if, a lot. if we're speaking reality, one coach is going to be distance. Mm-hmm. One coach is going to be sprints. Mm-hmm. And then they decide throws or jumps. Yeah. And if we're really being honest, a jumps coach is a long jump and triple jump coach. And then they fudge the high jump and, you yeah. know, pray for pole vault. Yeah. So that's kind of what happens. And I just, I wish more high school programs would realize that, you know, a pole vault club coach is there to help. Like, honestly, like, yes, I think if you're doing point, <laughs> I think if you're dealing with a good pole vault club, a good pole vault club coach, look, I don't care. I'm not looking for any credit. I'm just going there for my athletes. I'm just trying to help out, trying to make sure the kids have the right equipment. Yeah. Look, most schools do not have the lines of poles that. A pole vaulting club has. I mean, oh. I have about two hundred poles. How yeah, many, we're how about many we're have? about
1: two hundred. We're right yeah. about there. You know, Mike so took a bunch like, to California, yeah, so we but have a it's like
0: less. We we have you know huge lines of poles, and it's like you know we can put the kid on the right right pole. We're catching the mid. We're watching mm-hmm. the jump, and and you know we're just trying to help out. And and in fact, and I know I've talked about this with Mike, and you know I've I've talked about it with you. But what I wish too is like, look, we've tried having like coaches clinics. Yes. I know I've done coaches clinics. You've done Yeah, it. I get and very little response, yeah, unfortunately. It's a very low response. And the thing is, like, look, like, I really just genuinely, honestly want to help people. I think yeah. one thing that I did, and this is an idea for you um, and an idea for any club person out there, but last year what we did for outdoors, um, especially in the Northeast, outdoors is a lot of times when pull, uh, track programs actually start their pull vault program because yeah. indoors they don't have a place to jump. Yeah. But they still have that trouble of like, okay, how do we hire, you know, you're not going to spend, you know, five to ten thousand a year on a coach that only coaches pole vault. So what we no. started offering is for a hundred dollars a day, we do like a rent a coach program. Yeah. So schools can contact us and we'll send an apex vaulting coach to your school for a hundred dollars a day. So think about this for, for any track coaches that are listening for about a thousand dollars, right? Cause if you do ten sessions, that's a thousand. You have your season covered by a qualified pole vault coach who knows what they're doing. Somebody's been doing it for a long time. And here's the thing. At some of these schools... I've had a coach stand alongside me and learn the process and the program. So eventually, you don't that's need helpful. us to even come to campus anymore. Yeah. Um, but we go to the school, we work with as many athletes as they give us. And in fact, oh my God, the one school we went to the first day, I had fifty kids. Oh my! <laughs> Which hey, anybody wants to try football? Yeah. Go over there. Yeah, <laughs> and so it was, it was crazy. That's, that's fun. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely a different process. It's not like coaching at your club. Yeah. So you got to think about what are the most important drills. For me, what I found was like just teaching them rollovers. Exactly. And how to jump up off the ground and then get to the pit, start doing ones, twos, and threes, just get them into the pit. Just let them feel the sport, feel (laughs) what it's like. And some kids loved it, kept doing it. Some kids, they chose to try other things. Sure, But it was just great to get 50 kids to actually discover what pole vaulting is about. Well, when I coached at the high school level before I was at vertical
1: assault, I would get between 25 and 30 kids every year coming out for pole vaulting. I mean, part of it is – you know the kids jumped pretty well. They saw yeah. it looked fun. You right. know they they invited their friends or their siblings right. to come and yeah. try it. So it was it was a good process, and we kept having kids. But it was exactly that. I mean, for the first two weeks, yes, we did some some testing, like speed testing, right, right, the right, thirty forty meter time sprints. Um, you know, standing. Standing vertical jumps, standing long jumps. Right. Jump. Cause at a, at, at a school, you kind of have to,
0: you know, yeah, you have to limit it. because sure, unfortunately, one high we school. You never want to push anybody away. Right, absolutely not. Right. But it's like at a high school, there are, are, there are the realities. It's like, okay, you can only compete like three to five people yeah. at a me. And <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't want someone just to practice and not be able to compete. But this is where the club thing I, I love. Cause at a club, what's awesome. And I think this is what's great about pole vaulting. You could learn at your pace. At your ability level and Mm -hmm. be on the same runway, honestly, with an Olympian. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right? sure. You have like eight to 10 people on the runway, <laughs> and it's like every, it's a mixed ability level. Like, you know, it's, it's kind of like doing martial arts. There's a white belt in class, yep. there's a black belt, and everything is right? And sure. So it's like we have all our different uh, levels on the runway, but it's like they get to jump at their pace, at their ability mm-hmm. level, do their drill progression, and still have the camaraderie of training with everybody, yeah. you know? And that's what I love about pole vaulting. It's like you're learning that skill. It's still physical activity. It's a total body workout. Yep. And you still get to be social. It's oh. a perfect social event because you take oh, a jump it's... and then you got like two, three minutes yeah. before you jump again. So you get to like, Hey man, like, so ah, this drill is just killing me. <laughs> I can't get this. And then you give me a little bit of tip. So it's almost like you're getting even more coaching
1: online Yeah, That's true. Too, yeah, they, The kids watch each other, you know, they do help each other out. I hear it all the time. Yeah. Um, and, and it's great. I would never say to a kid, Oh, you're not the coach. You can't say anything. No, it's great. Help each other. Um, I I I think it's wonderful. I mean, another another part of the the club aspect too is think about. I mean, I I actually stopped for a minute and took a look at the uh, class that I had a couple weeks ago. We had twelve kids in the class. It was Mm -hmm. it was a Sunday. We were split up on runways, but no two kids were from the same school. Right. So. These kids from come from all these different schools, and there they are. They're chatting, they're having fun. You're meeting people. Like that's another thing I love about the club yeah. atmosphere. The
0: social the social thing is huge because I've had so many uh, so many uh, young kids come in who maybe had trouble talking to people, maybe yeah, had trouble yeah, making yeah. friends, and they, it's it becomes a safe environment for them to be social. Sure. Because it's like one, I get everybody talking about something uh-huh. like a topic. <laughs> yeah, you know so I, I mean? do it all the time. And, yeah. And everybody gets chatty and they start talking and it's like, Oh, okay, cool. I can talk to someone, you know, like this is okay. Mm-hmm. I'm accepted here. And I, and I think that's really big. And, and even like, honestly, like I think the other thing for pole and, and this could lead into our next topic is like, you know, this sport can be for all ages. I mean, I, I have a married couple that come in. They yeah. train together. It's awesome. Oh, that's great. I love seeing them <laughs> come in they they're They're, they're a blast. Um, I know I've done the podcast with John Mraz, who his son Jason, when he was a yeah. freshman, said, hey, if I jump 12, you got to start jumping, dad. And I oh, mean, that's a great he story. lost a lot that of weight. That's a great story. He got into great shape. And that's the thing. It's like, look, if you're pole vaulting, you're going to get in good shape. I, yeah. I, I, you're going to. If you keep pole vaulting, <laughs> you're going to be in amazing shape because it's a total body workout. Absolutely. And, and the social aspect, even for adults. I mean, look, I, I think you know, when, when I talk to, to people who, you know, I taught with, who I'm still friends with and, and other people, my age, you know, I'm going to be 39 in December. It's like, Oh boy. uh Oh, one more year. Yeah. I hit that 40 in the summer. I'm actually, <laughs> I'm going to start going backwards. I'm going to count down <laughs> again. But, but, um, you know, when you get to a certain age, it's like, look, you do your nine to five, you go home, you have dinner, you go to bed mm-hmm. and it's kind of, people are looking for activities. You know, some people go to CrossFit, some people try rock climbing, you know, but I think for some people, pull vault could be that niche. You know yeah, what I mean? It sure. could be that thing that really sparks your interest. Even if you didn't do it in high school or college. hundred percent. You could learn it. You could yeah. have so much
1: fun with it and just, I,
0: you know, get I involved. Think, I think the thing that gets scary though, and it, and it kind of goes back to that, you know, everyone can jump higher, but not everyone can jump high, right? Yeah. We need to be more accepting of, that's okay. If you're 25 years old and you're trying pole for the first time, no, you're not gonna jump 16 feet your no, first day. No. <laughs> but that's not expected. But you're gonna learn how how to move the pole, uh-huh. how to get and into the and it becomes pit. exciting at the same yeah, time as you
1: learn the pieces. You know, again, no matter what age you're at and you're, you're learning it or, or maybe you've been doing it for a while as you learn pieces, as things start to click, you know, as, right. as this one little thing you had trouble with starts to happen or, you know, you learn a new piece. The pole bends for the first time, right. like you mentioned. Yeah. It's just. Every little
0: piece is so exciting, right? You know,
1: if you know, and you learn to love it, like you yeah, said, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. And then that becomes your like little group, you know. Yeah. It's like look, probably like you, you have your job, you know, that's all settled. You know, yep. maybe you're even like married, but it's like you, you're looking for that little piece, that other thing you can uh-huh. do in your spare time. And and I think pole vaulting is is that perfect niche thing, mm-hmm. and it lends itself, you know, you 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 can come in once a week, twice a week, three times a week, whatever, you know, and make it work for your schedule. And I think pole vaulting clubs. Are are perfect like that you know it's it's almost like joining a martial arts gym or something like that yeah, you know yeah yeah um now that leads into my next thing yeah uh-huh. i i feel like sometimes you know um in the pole vault community it's not a huge community yet no you know what i mean we're, we've gotten bigger i mean we were talking about it before it's like it it, it wasn't too long ago like in around 2005 you know, 18 feet was winning division one nationals on the men's yeah. side. And you know, it's I mean, like, that's only now, 15 years ago. That's yeah. That yeah. Long ago. And now it's like, if you don't jump 18, six plus, <laughs> you know no what you making me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, I mean, pole vault clubs have grown, it's getting a bigger, but we're still not a huge community. Mm. And I think sometimes, unfortunately, like our event has a weird vibe. It's like, we're like, a lot of people talk about the friendly competition yeah. on the runway but yet off the runway, it's like, everybody's trying to take the whole pizza pie to themselves. <laughs> you know, it's like, we have a pie filled, like just throwing out numbers. Right. But like, let's say in a geographical region, there's a hundred pole vaulters. Yeah. It's like, instead of trying to grow the sport, it's like, I feel like sometimes like pole vaulting clubs and pole vaulting people are like, I want to coach all 100 people <laughs> instead of being like, no, you know what? Like Everybody can take their slice, and I'm in my little area. I'm going to try to grow this instead of there only being 100 people here. Let's see if we can grow this sport to 200, sure, and 300, and 400, and 500. Right? You'd be amazed,
1: uh, how many kids I talk to that come into our club, and, and I'll ask them, you know, straight up, well, how many kids on your team pole vault? And they'll go, oh, three or four right. or something like that yeah. and I'm going well why why are there only three or four of you why yeah. are there only five of you and you know there's there's always you know some different reasons sometimes they say well we don't have a coach so the kids don't think they're going to get good at it um, right. yeah. you know and that's when I say hey if you know somebody that's interested right Bring them in like yeah. they can jump with you. You know, if you're a friend, if you're a teammate, they can jump with you. They can J-
0: come to class. Just, just talking to you right now about this, it, it's making me think because I think timing is always the big thing. I almost feel like when it's that outdoor season time, mm-hmm. early outdoors, that might be a time where you could promote something on social media. Then also tell your current clients, be like any of your friends at your high school that want to come in for a free uh, mini camp on a mm. Saturday or Sunday, you know what I mean? Like yeah, kick a just weekend. Get them There's introduced no early to the season. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, they can come in for free. They just got to sign the waiver and they can try pole vaulting. See yeah, if it's hey. something that they like and enjoy. Mm-hmm. The other point that I want to make, and, and again, it, you know, the reason that I think more pole vaulting clubs and pole vault people need to think about working together off the runway is that we need to have more competitions. That's a tough thing. Yeah. Like, when you, when we talk about getting adults, right? Like, I always talk to you about, like, I think more adults in to pole vault because it's a fun activity. It yeah. keeps you in shape. But the thing is, like, people want to compete. And this is where it's, like, the more pole vaulting clubs that host competitions, the better because now those adult clients and even the youth clients, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I feel like the younger kids, even, like, middle school, they rarely get a chance to compete. Oh, yeah. Now, like, so clubs they having come to meets, the club meets. They come to the club meets. Yep. And – a club meet, I'm sorry, is way more fun than a USATF meet. One, we uh, yeah. can t- we can handle a <laughs> lot more athletes in a shorter period of time. The meet goes quick. There's usually music. there's yeah, usually a yeah, lot of yeah. people having fun. It's all like-minded people that like <laughs> pole vault. You know, so I, I I think it it's it's really really great. But I think like again, we get caught up. Like everybody pretends like on the runway, we should all be high-fiving each other and hugging uh-huh. each other after <laughs> PR. And it's like, and listen. Of course, if your literal teammate from your high school or your literal teammate from your college or your literal teammate at Worlds PRs, cool, hug them like Team USA won. That's fine. You're excited. But I, listen, I'm a competitive person. (laughs) I went to a meet because I want to win, right? Uh So it's like, we are competing on the runway. But off the runway, we have to change the mentality because there's a lot of things happening off the runway where, you know, look, we've all heard the stories. I mean, for anybody listening, I don't know if you can believe this, but I remember talking to an athlete at a meet one time. They're asking me, like, some technical questions about the vault and, you know, whatever. And I'm like, oh, like, dude, like, I just had Jim B. Miller, who used to coach Tim Mack, on the podcast. Yeah. This is when, like, the podcast just started. I'm like, you should check out that I listened podcast. I that one, yeah. And the person's like, oh, oh no, I, like, I go to a different club. I can't listen to that podcast. <laughs> Why do you laugh, Doug? <laughs> like that, because it,
1: it just sounds like even hearing that sounds ridiculous to me. Like, why would you listen to the podcast? Well, because you want to gain information. Right. You want to hear what somebody has to say. Right. Who's to tell you no, you can't do that? Right. You know what I mean? Um, you know, it, it's like me saying, Hey, Bronco, I'm going to, I'm going to go online and start looking up, you know, World records throughout the years, cause I, you know, I just wanna know, and you're like, no. You're not allowed to know that. No, no. Like you could just know the the records here. Yeah, in this you building. can you can know what Boobka jumped, what Lavillenie jumped, um, and maybe maybe what's coming up, you know, in the world now. That's all you're really allowed to know. You're not allowed to know where pole vaulting started. Yeah, you're not allowed to know like how it you know how it came about and what the world records were and how polls
0: changed. Well, you're not allowed to know that. Well, I mean, you bring up a good point. I, I mean, know I'm going like no, far with it, but no, 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 but like information is always good. Oh you know God, what I mean? yeah. Like, look. I don't know why anybody would tell an athlete not listen, and, and I'm not talking about my podcast. I mean, they could be maybe watching a Sean Francis vlog, or maybe you post something on Instagram, or another club yeah, post I, I mean, you know. I think it's good to follow a clubs. Philly Jumps Club posts stuff every once in a while. Yeah. They, you know, like, uh, people post stuff. Go, watch, yeah. you know? And I think, look, the I, thing is, and what people need to realize, and I think sometimes this is what people are afraid of. People will decide. Mm -hmm. They'll gravitate, gravitate towards what they think is good. Yeah. And they will go away from things that don't look as good. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's like, you know, we need to start growing the sport. Like, that's why, like, obviously do I coach a technical model at apex? Yeah. Yes. And I coach a a different technical, model. right? You're, you're a little bit different, but here's the thing. It's like. I'm not gonna not be friends with someone because they coach a different (laughs) technical model. I'm not gonna not speak to someone because they coach a different technical model. Like off the runway, dude, here's the thing. I don't care if you coach kids to helicopter over the bar. Have fun. (laughs) Have fun, be safe. Like we were talking about. Have fun and be safe. safe. And 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 that's it. Like I want more people to pull vault. So it's like if you are out there and you're coaching. I'm on your team yeah. off the runway. On the runway, I want to beat you. But off the <laughs> runway, any way I can help you, like, heck, I don't, I don't care if somebody needs a poll out of me. I, I will be there. Sure. I will give someone a poll, you know? So sure. that's the thing. I, I I feel like there needs to be a little bit of a change in mentality, you know, between clubs because it's like I feel like people get almost like territorial it's almost like yeah gang this wars, is my you know? area like, yeah, you can and, it, and it's like look like we could all help each other you yeah. know and i i'm really big i try to go to as many meets as possible and look unfortunately this year I, we're not going to t- turkey vault i apologize. oh man
1: I, yeah you i know, noticed I, that what the hell yeah heck? i just <laughs> i didn't have
0: anybody that signed up for it and you know we, and we had talked about it off here i had a lot of people graduate last yeah. year so oh, yeah i i, I, I no, don't have I as know. big a like Travel team, yeah you know what I, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's like no, I, it's almost like having a travel yeah, team in basketball. So you know, but it's like we we go out to your turkey vault. You know, we've been to the Flying Circus barbecue. Yeah. Eat, you know, we, yeah, we, we go out there. to the beach vaults. You know, it's like so. I I try to go to as many things as possible because I think that's huge for the sport. One, I think it's great for your athletes. Like if you're a club coach, your athletes want to go to different environments. Oh my god, your yeah. athletes want to jump with people who are not in their club, yeah. you know, so they can compete, you know, sometimes like if you're jumping against like one of your club teammates, it's not as competitive, you know, you're like, after well, a while, yeah, you're like, I like Doug, we train together, you know, it's like, whatever, it's not as serious, you know, it's like, whereas like, hey, if we're jumping against another club, I can just go in there and try to kick ass now, you know what I mean? It's like, so it makes it a little fun. bit more exciting. Yeah. It's fun. I mean, and, and so again, it's like that idea, like, okay, let's say there's a hundred people pole vaulting. Yeah. Don't worry about taking all 100 pole vaulters. If our sport is going to be popular, if our sport is going to grow and give us everything that we ever dreamed of, then we need to learn how to make that pizza pie, not 100 people, but 200 and then 300 and then 400 and just slowly keep growing it. And, you know, it's like, look, nobody has a monopoly on the sport. No. Anybody can do it. Anyone can go anywhere they want. I mean,
1: yeah. You're right. There, there are so many ways that, you know, we could sit and talk for hours about how we can grow the sport. But, right. you know, like you said, everyone has to kind of get on board. And, right. and everyone has to everyone has to be on the same page. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, and you mentioned it really quick in there, that it, it can take one person to create that, like, toxic nature. Yeah. Um, and this goes back to something we talked about earlier. Um, you know, there's a school that's relatively close to us and you know I, and I, I can't confirm that this is true or not but you know i was told the coach said don't go to vertical assault for whatever reason and i don't know you know i don't know what it is yeah, yeah. i don't really want to get deep into that but you know that's creating kind of a, a toxic feel of it like saying oh, don't go there again for whatever reason you know we're all trying to let's say your athlete wants extra coaching wants to go to a club You know what should you do hey guess what verticals 15 minutes away apex is an hour and 10 minutes away Philly jumps is an hour and 20 minutes away contact them yeah find out what go online look at look at the clubs look you know
0: find out which one you're most interested in and and hey seek out some extra help so I mean and you know it's big right like I think some of this sometimes comes down to insecurity and I know even me when I was a young coach, I literally remember this. It was my, yeah, I think second year coaching. Mm-hmm. And I was at a meet and whatever, it was like a relay meet, I had three girls jumping, and then some random person started talking to one of my athletes. And I was like, Who is that? Like, why are you <laughs> talking? To me? You know? And it's like I was all like worried, like I'm gonna lose know? my kid, you know? Yeah. And I think sometimes, you know what, if you only coach two, three people, yeah, I guess that's a big concern. You don't want to lose an athlete. Sure. You know? Um, but, but then, in the high school sense, you're but never way, losing and then athlete. I ended up coaching that person. Yeah. <laughs> that ended up being yeah. Craig Van Leeuwen. <laughs> so, okay. You know, and I ended up coaching that person and he became part of our group. But like um I, I think the longer you're in this, and, and I guess what i I'm, I'm trying to speak to those people that maybe have some of these insecurities, if an athlete's gonna leave you. They're going to leave you. Yeah. You, you can't There's no, stop you can, them. You can't stop them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And even if somehow you just get them to not know about the other options out there, <laughs> they're going to be a disgruntled athlete. <laughs> You're going to be dealing with issues at practice. For mm. me, my big thing, and I, and I've told you this, I've had conversations with athletes. I'm like, listen, like, I feel like we're not on the same page. Like, do you want to try something else? Did you want to go to a different coach yeah. or a different club? Cause the thing is, at the end of my, at the end of the day, my goal at my club, has dramatically changed, and Sean Francis got me talking about this in the last podcast. Uh-huh. It's I'm like
1: looking forward to listen to it.
0: Yeah, it's like <laughs> forget about nationals. Like I've, I've I've coached national champs, I've coached state champs, and and I like that stuff. Again, I'm competitive. I want to win. But oh, we all are. I want of my course. athletes to be happy with what we're doing. And if you're not happy here, I'll be the first one to let you know where your other possibilities are. And I even told an athlete one time, like, listen, and if you go somewhere else and you tried it for a little bit and you didn't like it and you want to come back, that's okay too. Mm -hmm. Because, like, look, this is supposed to be a fun extracurricular activity. It's supposed to be enjoyable. And if an athlete leaves me, I don't take that as a stab in the back. And I... I really love Gary Vaynerchuk, and anybody who doesn't know, he's Gary V on Instagram. You should follow him. But he's this entrepreneur, and he talks about a lot of inspirational stuff. And here's the thing you're a lot happier if you don't expect anything from anybody. You know, yeah. my, my thing is if somebody comes to practice, I coach them. If they love it, awesome. If they don't, that's okay too. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes when you're a young coach, you feel a little insecure. Maybe you're not so sure about your abilities yourself. Oh yeah, we you talked about that I mean? in yeah. our first
1: one, like early yeah. coaching mistakes and yeah. You know, and so you're not you could
0: learn. yeah, you're not so sure about your abilities, and you don't want to like maybe look dumb in front of another coach, or you don't want your athletes to think someone else is better. But I always felt the biggest way to combat that. I mean early in my coaching career, like as soon as I found out about vertical assault, I'm like, oh my God, there's this like wizard, Mike Lorick. He like (laughs) just waves his magical wand and people (laughs) jump higher. I mean, that's what I thought, right? It's not that easy, but he's good. Yeah. Uh, But it's like, I I brought a crew of my jumpers to vertical and we jumped there and I was eating it up. Like my athletes were jumping. I'm observing my coach. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to learn. My athletes are trying to learn. It was a great experience and I didn't lose my athletes. I mean, one, like you said, it's like a lot of us are not really competitors. We're so far apart from yeah. one another. You know, it's like, it's rare. I mean, if, if like, especially if we talk business, it's like our businesses wouldn't it, it exist if we needed those people to drive two hours to our club. Oh yeah. We didn't. Ha- <laughs> we would not have enough clients, you know, and, and even bigger, what I think a lot of people, you know, who are insecure, like think about it this way. Look, sure. You might even have a stud athlete and I've had stud athletes leave. I, that's happened. Yeah. And whether they got yeah, better, we have. and wh- whether, <laughs> whether they've gotten better or worse doesn't really matter. The thing is, I have other people that want to work with me, and that is more important mm-hmm. to me. Like, I don't care if somebody jumped 19 feet and they're like, you know what, I got to go. I-, I think I can do better down the road. God bless. Yeah. yeah. Have fun. Because <laughs> I got people here that want me to coach them. Yeah. And I have to focus on that. I don't really have time to worry about what somebody else wants to do if they're not happy. And I hope they're happy where they go, you know, but it's like, the bigger issue, and this is what I think people don't realize, it's like, again, you are not going to make a business off of people driving two hours to your club. No. You need to focus on this. And I was blown away last year when this happened. I had an eighth grader start coming in, right? Literally three sessions in, you know, the mom walks in and she goes, Oh my God, my son loves this. He, he was struggling to find a sport and he really loves this. He loves your coaching, he mm-hmm. loves the club. Like, the, everything is great, the atmosphere. And to think, she goes, we only live five minutes away and I only found out about this because one of my friends told me about it. And I'm like, and they didn't know. Yeah. They <laughs> oh didn't know God. I'm five minutes away <sighs> from these people. So it's like, think about that. How many people within a five minute radius of your club maybe don't know yeah. you're there and oh. they're looking for If they're an adult, they're looking for something to do on the weekends. If they have kids, they're looking for a sport their kid could participate in. So it's like we have to start thinking outside of the box. I mean for people not not thinking about this kind of thing, like if you do have a club or you're thinking about starting a club – Social media makes it easy. Oh, you yeah. could set up a, a, a radius from your club, and then you could hit certain hashtags, like or or uh, topics that people like, like things that are smart to for pole vault. Like if you're doing a pole vault ad, I would always recommend obviously put pole vault. <laughs> you know what I mean? That <laughs> yeah, would be that cool. would be a topic that they follow. Maybe track and field. Another one, gymnastics. Because yeah. a lot of a lot the boys of and girls that do gym, gymnastics, they're growing out of the sport and they're looking for the next thing. I would so, say 40, 50 more, even yeah. more than that percent of the athletes that – I I would also put like snowboarding, skateboarding, Mm. surfing, extreme sports. Yeah. You want to hit those things because the people who participate in those kind of sports, I would put rock climbing, right? People who participate in those sports, they're the type of people that would want to try pole vaulting too. And so if you could start to market to that area, then you're going to start getting more pole vaulters. Again, like you said it, most high schools are lucky to have two or three vaulters on their team. Oh, yeah. Two or three. And and here's the thing. This is my thought. I I was doing the numbers. This was a few years ago. And I was like, okay, I think I've reached about 20% of the vaulters in my area. Like, if you count the high schools, and you count how many vaulters, I'm probably getting 20% of that market. Yeah. And on a given year, that's all you could really account for, right? Because some people are going to go to different clubs. Some people aren't going to go to a club. Some yeah. people can't afford to go to a club. So it's like you can kind of like if you're getting 20% of your area, I think that's basically it. So let's go back to that pizza pie of 100 vaulters. Yeah. <laughs> so if you have 20 kids at your club, you've basically reached probably the limit of how many people you're going to take from your area. You might be able to get more. Maybe in a good year, you get 60. Yeah. But that's going to be on a good year. <laughs> on a bad year, maybe you get 10. Right, so the thing that you need to think about is like, yeah, how many people in a five minute, ten minute, 15, 20 minute radius don't know about your yeah services? Make that number go from one hundred to two hundred, yeah. and then your twenty percent becomes 40, forty instead of twenty. Yeah, so now you know. now a good year could maybe be like a hundred yeah. and not sixty. So it's like, yeah, like this is how we have to start thinking about in and this is why again going back to what got us on this topic is like, I I really like. I feel bad for pole vault coaches who have to tell athletes, like, don't talk to those people from the other club. Oh, yeah. Don't go to that (laughs) other club's meet. Don't go to this thing. And what I find that's really interesting is, like, it's almost the closer clubs are, the more likely there's animosity when it's, like, we're the ones that can – I hate to put it this way because I know people don't like to talk business, but it's, like, we could do business together. Sure. We're the ones that are closest together. We could be having meets together, have a little league started, start a club league. But oh, that like, would be fun. But every time you start this conversation, people act like it's like you're trying to steal money from me. Yeah, them.
1: you're taking money out of my pocket. Don't, yeah, it's like, oh, they're, they're going
0: to steal my athletes. You know. I, I really don't want to steal your athletes. <laughs> I want to compete against your athletes. And if you host a meet, you make money. If I host a meet, I make well, I mean, money. I, and, you, you know, and it's like, this is how it could help. And the thing is, our athletes want to compete. And they don't want to compete just amongst themselves. They yeah. really do want to compete against other against people. Against other
1: people, yeah. I mean, I well, you know, I, I, I try my best to get out to your meets and yeah. bring athletes here. Sometimes I, I can't make it. I've even I've even had a few times that athletes came to your meets and I wasn't able to make it. And, you know, you helped them out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I not, mean, I never gripped them
0: up. I made them blow through, they, you know, whatever. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I'm
1: kidding. I'm, I'm not worried. Hey, well, you know, I'm not worried about... You trying to steal somebody, you know, that right. comes to our club, or I'm not worried about because you, you know, you follow a safe model. I'm not worried about them getting hurt. Right. You know,
0: it, 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 it's a comfortable situation. Well, so, well, so on, on that point, you know, what I, what I find interesting is literally like, and I, I know this happens, and I, again, we have to break this mentality. I never worry if, like, let's say one of my athletes is at a meet and there's another coach there and they help them out. I'm never worried about losing a kid. And, again, I'm I'm, I'm really, really strong on this point. If one of my athletes is going to get coached by somebody else and leave my club, they were probably out the door anyway. Yeah. You know? It's up to and, them. And the thing is, I know there's coaches out there that if their athlete is at a meet, they specifically tell them, don't get coaching from anyone else, mm-hmm. but especially me. And so it's like… <laughs> And the thing that I think is silly is like, I can help keep your kids safe. And the thing is, how about this? And I think this is the real insecurity that, oh my God, you know what's going to happen? What if Bronco coaches my kid to a PR, but it's like, wait, and I don't he, get credit for it. Uh. Right. And, and here's the thing. I don't want anybody's credit, but here's, here's the bigger thing. It's like, well, if you want what's best for your athlete anyway, wouldn't you be happy that they PR would without you there? Like, I get pumped. Like, I can't make all the meats as you can't either. Yeah, you're, oh. you're one person. It's tough. And I, I try to send coaches out. And, and I love it. There was one year... One of my athletes, Kosh Rosowski, right? She jumped twelve one and a half with me at counties, right? Which that was another meet where I couldn't be on the infield. I literally coached her from the street. I felt like oh my God. <laughs> I felt I was like behind a chain link fence, so I literally felt like a gorilla at the zoo watching her <laughs> jump. You know? So she jumped twelve one. But then at state groups, I was at another meet, and two of my coaches, Dan and Britt, they went to that meet, and Kosh pr jumps twelve three. That whole year, it was like, oh, bro, we're better coaches than you. And to me, I'm like, I love it. First of all, my athlete PR'd, Uh and you know what's awesome? I wasn't even there in the athlete pr Like, I'm pumped for the athlete. I'm pumped for the coaches. And if anybody even outside of Apex coached one of my athletes and they PR'd, awesome. Thank you for the help. I want my kids to do better. I certainly don't want someone else coaching my kid and they jump worse. Well, I don't want them to have a bad day. I'm not like, yes, Doug Doug coached one of my kids and they know (laughs) I did. Awesome. That is, no, I'm going to be freaking pissed. You know, hopefully not pissed at Doug, but like just just pissed at (laughs) the the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. You know, so, you know, that, that's the thing. It's like, we, we have to get this idea out there. It's like, look, there are, there are not a lot of us out there yet. No. And we need to help each other off the runway. On the runway, we compete, and I get it. If this were to happen, I totally understand. Imagine we went to the state meet, and let's say you couldn't make the state meet. That's a tough ask, oh, maybe, yeah, right? Yeah, if yeah. you have the top if two, you have kids, two kids going against yeah, each other, it's sure. like, and they're going to be state. I would still help, obviously, but you can understand the mixed feelings. And actually, last year I had this situation um, at this one county meet. For two years, these kids would compete against each other. Mm -hmm. And I felt awful because, like, you know, my kid comes to Apex and the other kid went to a different club. And I would coach them both. And I felt awful either way. If my kid wins, I'm like, I hope that kid doesn't think that I'm not coaching him Uh to the best of his ability. (laughs) And when he would beat my guy, I'm like, my guy is going to be so pissed that I'm helping this other kid. (laughs) But I felt like it was the right thing to do. You know Uh what I mean? So, you know, and and they both had their fair share of wins and losses uh, competing against each other. But it's just like, you know... I know sometimes that might be an awkward situation, but I think at the end of the day, there's not a lot of us and we have to try to help each other out. Like there's no benefit of like telling your kid to go to a meet, but not ask for help from someone, you know, is qualified to help them. I don't, I don't understand how that helps the sport
1: and
0: and it creates too much animosity. Oh, you know, it's a toxic atmosphere when, when that
1: happens. I mean, well, and this is kind of the, the overall, like this, this whole point here, but ultimately we're trying to help yeah anyone and everyone that we can right um and if somebody doesn't want our help i'm not going to take offense right yeah you know that that's fine you don't want to ask me for help okay um but anyone we can help that wants help we're there to help and in our situation you know having coach many people as we have you know you know um running clubs chances are what we have to say is going to help the athlete, uh, you know, definitely make it safe. Like we covered initially,
0: Yeah, you know, that's all we're trying sure. to do. And, and especially, I think even for a top tier athlete, let's say one of your top tier athletes, the thing is if a qualified coach coaches is like that top tier athlete I already knows like, Hey, listen, this is my mid, these uh-huh. are my grips and poles. Usually I usually have my standards around here, you know, can you, and can you look for this? Sure. You know, whether it's the takeoff yeah. or yeah. something in the turn or whatever. And you know, sure, hey, whatever you need. Let me know what you need. I can help you out. You want me to just catch your step? I'll catch your step. You want me to like look at your mid? You want me to like, mm-hmm. just tell me what you want me to look for and I can help you out that yeah. day. And I think that that's a huge service. But I feel like, again, it goes back. Some people, I don't know if they're insecure, they think they're going to lose athletes, but it's like, like oh, don't talk to anybody outside of this building. And it's like, why? <laughs> what are you afraid of? More information is better. More information yeah. is better, you know?
1: I mean, a, a, from the high school standpoint, you're never gonna lose an athlete. There's like no such thing. If right. you're one of your athletes, goes to a club, like, don't tell your kids to not go to a club. I mean, you you'll never lose that athlete. They're 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 more their athlete than they're ours.
0: I mean, right. You know, yeah, they're yeah, the yeah. school's athlete. Well, yeah. And I, and, and I say that all the time. Right. And so, from the high school high school perspective, you know, I've had lots of coaches who are not, let's say, pull vault coaches at the high school, mm-hmm. but they're the ones that like help those kids, and those kids love that coach when they're supportive. Yeah. They even I've had they see them five days a week. There's this one high school coach. Um, JC from West Essex, she's awesome. The kids love her. She even comes to practices sometimes and tries to learn more and stuff like that. Which I never mind either. I tell the kids there's coaches are more than welcome to come to our practices and learn. And and the thing is, like, the kids know that she just wants what's best for them and they have a great relationship with that coach. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes that whole like, you know, trying to like uh, control the athlete, you know, it's like, guy, hey, listen, I don't want you to talk oh, to anybody yeah. else. That's only going to lead to resentment. You know, the athlete is not going to be like, wait, this is this person looking out for my best interest or yeah. theirs, you know? And so, you know, that again, it goes to this, like, we have to have a little bit more open mind. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not all about technique. Okay. Yeah. It's not even all about how high we jump. It's more about the culture that we create mm-hmm. in the pole vault so that, you know, people can have a good time and more people will want to do this event. Cause I, I really like my, my dream is like, there's pole vaulting gyms all over the country. There's <laughs> meets every single weekend, depending on what, where you want to go. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? And, and that like, it's flourishing, you know what I mean? Like I, I want to see that because I just, you know, I know that this event is so much fun. It's a blast. I, I think it offers a lot of what other sports maybe don't. And yeah. You know it's just
1: I feel like that is actually starting to happen because yeah. we even talked about it a little bit earlier. Go back fifteen years and think of the number of clubs that were, you know, in the area and how now it's become double or or, or even triple that. So before when you when you used to have to maybe drive two hours to get to a club maybe now there's one an hour away i mean definitely in this area in the northeast we've definitely seen more yeah, clubs yeah, yeah. uh you know coming about um and i mean i see it across the country too there's yeah, there's some others up. Like, popping up I, so yeah, like i mean it's I,
0: kind of starting to happen yeah i've been talking to jake winder who he he just started his club which is some, somewhere near chicago like naperville um then you know there's jacob sanders in maryland then another maryland uh, club popped up then i had um John Hammerschmidt on. He's starting mm-hmm. a club in, in the Minnesota area. You know, so it's like people are starting to do it. They start to see it. And something I even talked about with Sean Francis, and I'd love to hear your opinion of it. And I I, put, I made a post on Instagram about how I think the Olympics holds back our sport. Because mm-hmm. think about this. Again, I know some people don't like talk business, but we got to talk <laughs> business, right? Yeah. Well, um, that's- but the Olympics is the only sports thing where they don't pay the athletes. Oh, that's crazy. Right? Like, think about it. I I think, and I don't know if the Olympics pays it or America pays it, but I know American athletes, if you win the gold, I think uh, the last thing I heard is you get 30,000.
1: Oh, I thought it was 25. Okay. Okay. They're they're up a little bit.
0: But think about this. If you get fourth Gold medal in the Olympics. If you get fourth place, you're fourth best in the world in your sport. Uh, you get zero. You get nothing. Nothing. There is no other sports thing out there that is getting free labor. So all these people running the Olympics make all this cash, and then oh. the athletes get nothing, right? Uh-huh. Whereas, like, let's go flip side. Like, let's talk another sport. I was at Madison Square Garden for the UFC event where they fought for the BMF title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, right? But um, Sounds even fun. if you were on the undercard where the stadium barely had any uh, fans in there Yeah, and you lost— the undercard fight you still got paid 8 grand right okay so you know because of the olympics like you have so many people chasing this olympic dream but it's like at the end like nothing happens where you know what if you try to start a pole vaulting club and you put 10 years of effort into trying to start a pole vaulting club getting athletes you know, building up a business. You mm-hmm. know what you have at the end of 10 years? A career. Yeah. You have a business, <laughs> and now you can be around Povo every single day if you want. You know? And so it's like, that's the idea that I'm trying to spread out. Like, that's where we're at right now in the Poeville. Like, mm-hmm. I would love. If there was a huge championship and we can go to Madison Square Garden and watch, you know, a great light show with music and, and there's pole Pole (laughs) vaulters and the winning, the winning guy and gal wins a million dollars, but we're not there yet. Right now, we just, we need to have more gyms pop up and we need to have more gyms competing against each other and we need to start working together a Mm -hmm. little bit. You know, that's where we're really at. And I mean, in my opinion, if you love pole vault, I think the route to go is, Trying to open up your own club. I mean, what, yeah. what, what do you think? Like, if, if you really love polo, what would be your advice for someone finishing college? Like, how, how do I keep keep playing this game? From the
1: sense of, of coaching or competing, either, either, either. Well, I mean, you could you could definitely do both. I, well, I kind of think of it like the way Mike started things. Okay, like he was he was at a high school, mm-hmm. um, coaching, and then actually he started. And again, this is this is to help anybody thinking of the idea of a club but he started running his club out of a high school right right I I did the same and and you know get athletes in kind of get the name out see what kind of interest there is and then I was like oh you know all of a sudden and he tells me you know Mike tells me a story all of a sudden it's a Sunday and he's got like 40 people showing up and it, it, it ended up getting too big now okay unfortunately that may not be the case for everyone Right, you know, maybe it doesn't grow that much, but you can still stay involved. You can right. still you can still have a little club, you know, and and right. offer your help. And at the same time, you can you know
0: be competing and, if that's what you're looking for. Yeah, and, e- even the smaller things and and, and everybody grow it. yeah everybody wants something different. I mean, some people you're right. It might be just perfect if you just volunteer your time one day a week at a high school. That's how you can stay involved. Sure, but I'm telling people it's like even you know what if you want to jump post collegially Fine. Maybe find a place to jump where you can help coach. You know, maybe there's a club nearby you can coach and jump. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, maybe you can even open up a second location for that club. You know what I mean? Like, I I keep thinking about it in these terms because it's like, I know there's people that want to keep involved. They want to be around the sport, but it's like, sometimes if all you do is just chase that Olympic dream at the end of it, there's nothing there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and that's fine. And listen, if you are happy... Awesome. But it's just, I know a lot I mean, of that's people, what it comes down to, but I know a lot of people at the end of that journey, they end up being bitter. Like, why, what did I do this for? Why didn't I win why, Olympic gold? Yeah, why didn't I make yeah, a ton but, of money? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, I, I should have been on the Wheaties box. I should have <laughs> had the, right. It's like, it, it comes back to kind of like expectation. You have to mm-hmm. have, you know what I mean? Like, zero expectation. But it's like, like if you're going to, trying to go to Olympics, zero expectation. Because, one, the reality is you're probably not going to get much in return. Yeah, so just well, enjoy the journey. But it's like, the thing is with starting a club, it's like it can really build into a business. I mean, it's going to take time and it's, it's going to take effort. And like you said, humble beginnings. Like, people, yeah. I, I tell this all the time because, you know, you need to volunteer time. I think in the beginning, a lot of times, like, you might not be offered a paid position. When I started coaching Povo at at Stroudsburg, I was a volunteer coach. But what a lot of people don't understand um, is when I first started volunteering my time and spent a lot of time coaching, I was still a full-time teacher. So I had a full-time job, and in my spare time, I was coaching. Yeah. Now I'm the guy that, like... I'm sure a lot of people are like, oh my God, he's so lucky. He just coaches pole vault. But it's like, that's now yeah. that like, <laughs> I started this journey in 2004. We are ne- it's going to be 2020 soon. It's like, now I'm at that level. And now I'm even, that's why I'm on this like kind of businessy kind of movement. I'm like, okay, yeah. how can we make this bigger? You know? But it's like, it took a long time to get to this. Like you said, coaching outdoors at a high school, you know, driving all yeah. over the world to yeah, try yeah. to go to a meet, you know? And it's like, and, and then my first indoor facility. And now, in mean, my second indoor facility, you know it's like this all took time, and so you have to be patient to grow it. But what I re- like the reason I love the club system and why I think the club thing is awesome is one, no one can tell you there's football practice in your building and you need to leave. Yeah oh, yeah, right Two at a school It's you like know. you call the shots. When is practice? How many practices a week? How many people are going to be on the runway? You know you get to decide like, guess what? We do need that next poll. So we're buying it, yep. you know, instead of asking a head coach, Hey, do you think, can you we know, get this like, or... you know, I think Christina Langen could win nationals this year. Can we get a 1465? Like, <gasps> oh, I don't know if that's in the budget. You know, it's like, no, like oh. I just buy it. Like that's it, you know? And <laughs> I so, it buy it. yeah, that's the thing that I love. And I, I, you know, I guess like my final thought on this podcast is like, I think we can really grow this sport. And I think people need to think outside of the box. Stop. Talking about what you want or could have or where you Mm -hmm. wish things were, and start looking at the reality and what could happen today. What can you do today? Today, you could pick up the phone and call high school and be like, Hey, I'd really love to help out your program. And if I can get some jump time, that would be great. That's that's (laughs) a little something in return doesn't hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like that 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 can get the ball rolling. Mm -hmm. But if you ask me how you make sports centers top 10, I don't have an answer for you. That's not going to happen. I mean, Sean Francis said it on the podcast yesterday. He goes, he goes, look, when Renault broke the world record, that did not make Sports Center's top ten, and that's a fact, people. It didn't. No, oh, I, did. I don't so, remember. So, so think about that. It's like we've got to we've got to build this popularity up from the ground level. You know what I mean? Before we get on top ten. You know? Do you have any final thoughts?
1: No, I, I, I not any anything specific or off topic for what we've already covered. But I mean, growing the sports. It, like we were talking about, it's, it's going to take a few things, and I think safety is and, part of it. Like and we that's talked where it about. takes
0: teamwork. That's where it takes teamwork. Oh, well. Let's compete on the runway. The competition's on the runway. Off the runway, we've got to work together. Yeah,
1: well, and and I've – honestly, when I first started running the club, when I first yeah. started running Vertical Assault, um, I didn't want to talk to any any other clubs. Yeah. I'm like, they're competition. I, I, I don't, I don't want to talk to anybody.
0: I I actually – someone uh, – Ordered ten Apex shirts, and yeah. I, I heard you bought them, and you burned them in <laughs> your backyard. I cut, a, I cut them up first.
1: And then, and then burned them no, I'm <laughs> but, kidding
0: up kidding. But
1: no, I mean when I when I first got into it, like I didn't, I, you know, I didn't know. And as far as I know, it's a competing club. Right. Like those are the words in my head. Right, I right. compete against them. But the longer, you know, and again, I can't believe it's almost seven years now being with Vertical Assault and running it since summer of fourteen. But I've gotten to know like all the club coaches around and I get, I get along with pretty much all of them. Yeah. Um, and you know, I can go to a meet and, and we can talk and we can talk about athletes and we can talk about business and, and it's good. I mean, in that sense, there is a little piece of trying to grow the sport. Um, but you know, all together, like you said, it's, it, it is a team effort. It is, it's not only us as club coaches, it's high school coaches, it's high school ADs. It's, it's, parents it's it's other pole vault coaches we should start so, a new hashtag new
0: hashtag new hashtag anybody listening to this hashtag team pole vault there you go just you know yeah, people never seen need it. to start hashtagging that and it's like that's the team i'm on you yeah know, we're, we're trying to make this thing pole pole vault as a, an entire team yeah, everybody a, yeah, a community yeah. a
1: family whatever you want to call it we've all got to be on the same page yeah so yeah that's what we're trying to do how can people follow you how can people reach out to you um, well, okay. So we have the website vertical assault.net. Um, we have our, our primary presence online, you know, social media is Instagram. Yeah. So, and that's just vertical underscore assault. Um, those are the two primary things. I think we have a Facebook account, but yeah, you know, kind of it's slow, not yeah. kept up as, as well, but yeah. Instagram, I, I try to post, you know, at least daily. And when, when um, can
0: we see you do a TikTok video? Oh, geez. I, I don't know. May, I, don't, I don't know if I'm there yet. Maybe we could convince <laughs> you to do it today. We could do one of those that have you have you seen the one TikTok videos like this one song plays and they just start pouring like water or milk into a glass until it's overflowing and usually there's someone in the background and they're like, What the hell are you doing? Like so funny. I was I really want to do an Apex one of it. that. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I gotta start looking yeah. at it so um, it'll happen soon. Yeah. And so for everybody else listening, if you have any comments or questions about the podcast, email us at apex at gmail uh, you can follow us at the real apex vaulting on instagram and we're on facebook snapchat twitter uh tiktok um please (laughs) follow us please subscribe oh we're on youtube too um thanks for listening guys